I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragon Hearts. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, Chief. <laughs> and welcome to Dragon Heart, or Christmas Heart, as we are around Christmas time. First of all, first question I must ask is what is your favourite Christmas pudding? Christmas style. You're not going to introduce us, you're just going to ask us, go straight yeah, yeah. onto the food. So, Mark, what's your favourite Christmas style pudding? <laughs> I don't like Christmas puddings. You should, we should have talked about this before we went to the like chocolate, chocolate log or anything like chocolate that? Chocolate log? Uh, sorry, I suppose. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a chocolate log man, as, as many people know, so... Yeah, so chocolate log for me. <laughs> I like a mince pie. So, <laughs> this is Mark, and this is Bill, and I am Jay. And today we're going to be speaking all things Wrexham, but first we've got the Solihull game to talk about. We're going to be talking about the cop and what's going on there. Mark's got some interesting news or thing that happened to him early on in the week. We've got the January transfers to talk about and we also have to talk about our run-ins, what games our, us and our league rivals are going to go through in the next coming months. So let's not wait any longer. This is Dragonheart. I'm Kerry Evans and you're listening to Dragonheart Radio Show. Well, Soil, Boxing Day. Come on, that was a pretty special boxing day, wasn't it, Bill? Yeah, it was a... Oh, I, I hate the old cliche, it was a game of two halves, but that really was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Like every other football game, unless it goes to extra time, I suppose. Um, no, it was... We, we, we looked... Uh, contrary to what some people have been saying, I think we... A lot of people said we looked sluggish. I don't think that's fair. I think we were in complete control of that first half, but we needed the breakthrough and then... Second half, once the breakthrough had happened, the floodgates opened a little bit then, didn't they? Yeah, I, f- I think the first half, a lot of people have been quite critical of the first half, but in my opinion, I just thought it was quite an entertaining game. I know me and you look at the game a little bit different when you're commentating, aren't you? Because you, you're trying to explain things, and fans are a bit more, people in the stands are a bit more emotional. But I still think we were the better side in the first half as well. Yeah, I disassociate myself from all comments made so far on the broadcast. <laughs> I thought we were excellent from the start. Yeah. I was really, really pleased with the solid hold good. And the first half, I thought we had control. The only time they looked threatening was in the first minute when they broke from a long throw-in and Mendy handled it well. And from that point on, we had good control. We had an excellent game plan. And in the second half, it fully came to fruition and we utterly destroyed them. They don't let goals in. But then we came along. I mean, I thought it was fantastic, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, it was, wasn't it, Bill? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, Bill, retract. <laughs> retract. Don't get me wrong, I, I don't think we played poorly in that first half. I just thought we needed the breakthrough to look our usual selves, maybe. Um, but having said that, we were in complete control of the entire game, apart from you know one or two little, little periods. So it was very impressive. I, th- I think a lot of people might catastrophise because we're getting to that stage now where everyone's checking the Notts County and the Chesterfield results which you know we'll come on to them a bit later but for Notts County to be 4-1 up at, at half time people look at us having just scored one goal as like oh <laughs> yeah, it's, three, it's three points at the end of the day isn't it? I'm just coming from listening to a lot of people who, that were sat around me in the stands that's, we, that's the... we need to send a message then calm down everybody oh because yeah 100%, 100%. Notts, Notts County are very much at the outer limit of what they can achieve and they'll do well to keep their best players over January um, Chesterfield are playing catch up and as we'll get to later they've got a stinking second half of the season in terms of fixtures and us I don't know, where do we see teams taking points off us? I'm not saying we won't drop points, but we're darn good. Oh, yeah. Well, we are very good. 
and maybe later we'll talk about our waveform and how I think the waveform thing is a myth. But certainly at home, we are just unstoppable at this moment in time. And the fact that people are complaining about the first half is quite something. Going up, going into the second half, one nil up against a side like Solihull, it's not bad. And let's say first half, the Solihull defenders were defending really well, weren't they? Mm, were keeping yeah. Ollie Palmer and Pop Mullen out and forcing mistakes, but. We just kept on knocking mm. at the door, didn't we? But the, the level, the, the game plan was beautifully executed, which I found very exciting, really, when they've clearly thought something out. They've tweaked it as the game's gone on, mm. and then it's been what's led to the, a, a comfortable win against a strong side. The, the, they were trying to pass the ball out from the back with three centre-backs who aren't as good on the ball as ours are. So straight away, that was a recipe for disaster, and we increased the amount of pressing we were doing. You know, they were playing those little dinky short goal kicks you can do now inside your own penalty area, but they weren't giving it to players who can pass the ball accurately. We started hassling them. And as I said in the commentary, the second goal comes seven minutes after the break. And the build-up to it was the first seven minutes of the half, because they just got the ball at the start of the half, and we pressed them in their half, and we pressured them so high up the pitch, mm. and they kept giving the ball away and hanging on by the skin of their teeth and not learning from it and making the same mistakes. So we kept doing that really well up to the point where we scored because they lost yeah. the ball by the corner flag near their own goal. And if you notice, the celebration split in half. Some players ran across to celebrate with the scorer, but some players ran across to celebrate with the players who had executed that plan because the whole team was working on that. And then the whole second half was like that. Once they lost the player, I mean, OK, we then really pile it on, but I think we would have got more goals anyway against 11 because the tide had gone that way. They weren't learning from the mistakes. And we were just hurting them. Yeah, I think the, the red card was inconsequential in a lot of ways, wasn't mm. it? Obviously, it was, a, it was an absolutely awful tackle from yeah. a, from an ex-red, which you know that, those kind of things happen. I, I haven't seen the replay, and, and uh, it was on the opposite end of the sort of ground to me for me to have a real, really clear view. So I don't know how how malicious it looked, but it was it was bad bad tackle. It was, was it was it? Well, yeah. Let's put it into context. Kyle Storer, I, I like Storer as a player, but uh, he's how should we put this? He'll do what he needs to do to win. Shall we say that? He's yeah. Good to the, yeah. The arts of housery, yeah. shall we say. <laughs> yeah. 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 He yeah. likes hassling referees <laughs> over anything. He didn't argue. Yeah. He just, well, actually, we, didn't, we didn't, couldn't see it at the time. But having edited the highlights and seen it from the other side, the ref had his red card out immediately. Yeah. All the time yeah. that he was getting treated, he was standing out with a red card and he knew it was coming story and he didn't argue, he just, he just, he just hobbled off the pitch. I hurt glad. himself more yeah, than no, me. I, I'm tackle. just glad that... Um, it was Luke Young, wasn't it? He made the tackle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad he didn't really seriously yeah. injure Luke Young because yeah. that tackle was frightening. And to be fair, the referee was letting him get away with too much, wasn't he, throughout the game? Yeah. And he probably should have been sent off before that. He had really. two cast iron yellows in my eyes. Shirt pull on Elliot Lee and a late tackle on Elliot Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I think he read the game well <laughs> enough to, to appreciate who our best player was. Yeah. And, and he's done us a massive favour because he's now going to be not going to be playing for, right. for the return leg, isn't he? And to be honest with you, I'm really looking forward to playing them again come January second. Yeah, I'm not. I'm trying not to get my hopes too much because the last time we scored five on Boxing Day was against Salford and we beat them five one, and then they went and beat us in the away leg, yeah. didn't they? And obviously we can talk about away form a little bit later. I don't. I, I'm in agreement. I don't think it's as bad as as you as some people think it is. I'm with you on that, but. You know, it's a different fixture. It's a week after they've had. They'll have a week to look over how we played. It's going to be an exciting game, but I'm I'm still a bit 
cautious. They're a good side, Sally Hall. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they are a good side, but right, let's, let's talk about individual performances. The first man we have to talk about, I think, and he was the, he, for me, he was the man of the match, was Elliot Lee. Again, we might as well just give that award to him every week because at the moment <laughs> yeah. he just seems to be winning it all the time. He's, yeah. he's bossing it at the moment, yeah. isn't he, Mark? He's very much, this time of year, the Kevin McAllister of the National League, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um, because all these big hulking brutes try to corner him and he just finds some innovative way to, to deny them. He's the equivalent of a paint pot in Kyle Storer's face. He's just brilliant. He's absolutely magnificent. It's, just, it's such a treat to watch him, his passing. and his, That pass he played at the end, but Luke Young clear. It's just like flick it over the fence outside your right foot, perfect weight on it. Yeah, that's what I do. Glorious. There's not much that he's bad at because he has the dirty side of the game. He will put a tackle in as well, will not mm. he? He's yeah, strong. Yeah. Even though he's quite small, he's quite well built and he's strong. And he, there's players that really struggle to get the ball off him. He's way too good for this level, isn't he? Yeah, it? he shouldn't be playing in this league. Simple yeah. as that. He shouldn't be playing in this league. He should be playing in is, a, a league, if not being a squad player, two leagues above us. Is he our best player now? He is spectacular, isn't he? But then, to be fair, you've got Mullin scoring ludicrous amounts of goals. You've got Hayden in double figures from yes. the back, as well as defending like this remarkable sort of Marvel super superhero. Um, you know, I could go on. Yeah, I mean, as a Palmer again was magnificent yesterday. Would, would you say you know? that, yeah. that Aaron Hayden is Aaron Man instead of Iron Man? Then I like that. But yeah. having having come up with the Red Baron. Yeah, the red Aaron. Yeah, I'm oh, not going to endorse it. It's all, it's all in the same sort of theme, though, isn't it? Red and True. flying and nice. The... I like it, but still, Disney's Mark Griffiths came up <laughs> with <laughs> with the red. <laughs> I can't remember his nickname. That what is it? The Red Baron. Yeah, yeah it's the, yeah, red, Baron. the red, it's red Baron. Yeah, absolutely. And um, no, that I mean, it's just phenomenal to have a squad like this, isn't it? Lee, you see, you know, there's not very much he does badly. I believe he's not keen on washing the dishes after a meal. So there, there is that. I don't, I, I, I've, I've got no basis for saying. That. That's why he's bought um, a dishwasher. There you go. Um, another, another magical thing that he's done. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I've mentioned it in, in previously, but I don't think I have on Dragonheart, the podcast that he did, which has nothing to do with us, the, called The Footballer's Mindset, in which he talks about his approach to the game, but he also talks about mental health in an amazingly candid manner. Is fabulous listen it is utterly honest and brilliant and and gives you things to think about about your own life and how you live your life it's way beyond you know football podcasts apart from us of course as we are the greatest broadcast of all time here from the heart of Wrexham in Calon's magnificent Christmas studios yeah this Christmas, yeah. just one quick mm. thing on this Christmas studio is like, I feel like a clothes mannequin Everyone's, everyone's walking past and staring at us. It, it's, it's quite something, yeah. isn't it? Well, so for people who are listening uh, and not watching, I think yeah. we ought to paint the picture yeah, yeah. that we're in a shop. You two, the, the longs, they appropriate a lovely comfy sofa. They've got me like some sort of 1970s Val Dunican crooner on a Christmas special sitting on a high chair. I, I feel like I should burst into song and give you a, you know... Let you me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of Wrexham. Um, and then outside, of course, our adoring fans are massing at the glass. Um, you know, sort of. Well, it's, 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 it's like a Night of the Living Dead, but with Wrexham fans. <laughs> and they're just massing out there. As you mentioned earlier, some of them were throwing flowers. Night of the Living Reds. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's just, but it's brilliant having a, this like studio right in the middle, which is Denbury, but fantastic. I, I'm starting to understand how David Blaine felt when he uh, <laughs> <laughs> hanging from that glass uh, box. <laughs> you wait till the high speed escape from the paparazzi when we. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the game. Uh-huh. So other individual performances. Paul Mullin, another hat trick, Bill. He was, he was my man of the match. I think anybody who scores a hat-trick and plays like he did can't not be man of the match for me, although it's really difficult. We, we were saying, I was saying to my mum in the stands that Paul Mullin tends to get the sponsors man of the match every single week, even if he's not had the best of games. And once when he might have actually properly <laughs> really deserved to get man of the match, it was given to Jacob Mendy. So, that, you know, it's, it, I, I, can, I can understand Elliot Lee. That was just my feeling, having watched it from the stands. You always get a sort of different feeling when you're not commentating. So, Ollie Palmer could have scored a hat trick as well. Yeah. Ollie Palmer played really well. We, me, Mark, and Andy really, really struggled to pick a man the match yesterday, didn't we? And all the mentions we did, we had, were opposite to the ma- uh, to the actual match day um, man of the match. They picked Mendy, which was, and Mendy had an excellent game yeah, as well, didn't he? In yeah, all yeah. fairness, it was just. Oh, yeah. It was re- amazing really interesting. There was a few people behind me who moaned at every single thing Jacob Mendy did. Really? And what? were like, they were in absolute shock when, when he got given man of the match. They, they must have not <laughs> liked it when he got the ball from Lee on the left flank, rolled his man, and, and played the perfect cross for Hayden to tap it in. They were yeah, no, they're obviously that. not. Or his not recovery in the first football. minute, like we were saying, to, to stop Andy Dallas mm. when he was through on goal, or, or the constant forays forwards and the long range shot that he hit that the keeper dropped and Mullen. Yeah, he was awful, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, they I mean, he was outstanding on Wednesday, yeah, and then he <laughs> maintained that standard. I mean, he it, was superb. It was, it was pretty strange. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's be fair, it was Boxing Day, so how many pints down they might have been at that point when uh, well, they were making those comments. Who, who knows? They must have had a bottle of vodka or something. I thought... Or aviation gin, you know, just... Aviation, uh, aviation to, yeah. gin. Uh, <laughs> but I thought Mendy was excellent and we've missed him a lot. But I'm not saying... You know, just shows the depth we have that he walks straight into the side and Cal McFadden's on the bench. H- hasn't deserved to have been dropped, as he, to be fair to yeah. McFadden either. Because you know, his family sitting behind him. What's that, sorry? Was it Mafajan's family sitting behind you, perhaps? Oh, <laughs> possibly, yeah, possibly. But <laughs> you've got to say Mendy and Mafajan are two best, le- probably the two best wing-backs in the league. No, they're excellent, yeah. And, yeah. you know... Anthony Ford might have a word about that. Yeah, we got Ford as well, <laughs> yeah. Let's just slightly talk about the depth in our squad at the moment, because we haven't, we haven't talked about the Scumthorpe game, have we? No. Let's, let's, qu- let's quickly touch on that, because... Our reserves, who haven't played played pretty much any games together, beat Scunthorpe 3-1, a mm. team in our league. That's quite impressive as well. It shows the depth we have, Mark, in this squad yeah. is ridiculous. And, depth and we have, Mark, in this squad yeah, is ridiculous. ridiculous. But then, to be fair, that's the second string. And secondly, four of them have not played at all this season. A fifth one that's making his debut for is having started two games this season. And then you've got Mendy and Clueth who haven't played for literally months. So, I mean, there's a lot of players who haven't played at that level for a long time and they haven't played together as a unit, but there was still the quality to get the job done. Yeah. Um, and that was really pleasing. Um, and then, of course, players like Jake Pickerstaff, yeah. who I don't think would really be considered on the verge of the first team squad, 
but my goodness me, he was utterly outstanding. And it was great to see a player like that, a young lad, um, give the manager something to think about. Yeah, I thought he put in an absolutely brilliant performance, mm. Jake Bickerstaff. And I think we're starting to take that the Man City approach of having two teams good enough to, to you know, compete in the league. That, that B team, if we're being completely honest, would beat the majority of the teams in the league, I think. Yeah, especially if they had time to gel with each other. I think they could definitely get top half of the table. We've seen, we've, seen, we've seen worse Wrexham sides than that side that played. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And great back and playing as well. Yeah, of course. fantastic. Yeah. A lot of people would like to see him first choice. I think that's unfair on Howard's, but non, he's already got double figures and clean sheets this season, Howard's. But having said that, Lington's a terrific goalkeeper and it'd be great to see him up to speed as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of goalkeepers as well, don't we? In the We've squad? got five at the moment, <laughs> so I assume we won't come January, uh, Christmas and New Year's Day. Yeah, so we, we've yeah. got... Um, and, you know, Dibble, when he comes back, there's a lot of mm. choice when it comes to goalkeepers. And we're, we're spoiled for choice in every single position. But let's round up the Solihull. 5-0. We're playing them again on January 2nd. Do you think this is a really good time to play them? They seem a bit disjointed. The fans seem a bit angry with the manager. Uh, there's a lot of to and fro in between everyone. Do you think this is a good time to really play them away, Bill? Whenever you've just beaten a team 5-0, it's always a good time to go and play them. I know I, I'm sort of contradicting what I said earlier. I wouldn't outwardly say I'm excited to play them, but we're going in a, in a better, much better position than they are. So, yeah, I, I'm fairly confident we'll do all right. Just maybe not, maybe not excited, because I just get nervous when I'm going on an away day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I've just beaten a team 5-0, it's a bad time to play them. I'd like to play devil's advocate. They, <laughs> because they want to get us back. I think it'll be tough. I fancy us because I fancy us against any team in our division. But it'll be tough because we have a dreadful record there for, for starters. And, and I do think that sort of thing means something. And you know, they'll make it hard for us. They've got players coming back from injury as well. Although, to be fair, they played in that game yesterday and didn't go that well for them, did it, really? Story being out, you're quite right. That's, yeah. that's going to be a big miss. Sparrow might be back. Who scored three times passes last season. Yeah, so... But I love the name Sparrow. It sounds like someone with a, with a very working-class accent saying Sparrow. <laughs> but, but in my opinion, I think I've seen something there yesterday in that Solihull team. If we get an early goal, I think they'll crumble again. I hope so. But again, there's that away form that everyone talks about. We do look like a different side away. Yeah. There's going to be many, many Wrexham fans there. Not on that day, it's going to be... Gonna be another cracking away day, mm. one of the few local ones. So, yeah. I, I think we have turned the corner to. away from home, and if I can use my new buzzword, rest defence, I think that's the reason why people it started getting popular the term during the World Cup. But we've noticed Wrexham doing it for a while now. The the idea of when you've got the ball, what are you leaving behind the ball to protect you from counter attacks? And since <clears throat> we brought in Tunnycliffe that back three is more stable. We're less vulnerable to counter-attacks. Um, O'Connor helps with that, I think, as well. And, and I think that's a big part of what we've cracked, plus the fact that Lee actually puts in a terrific shift in that midfield position. Our balance is right now. And we started that at, at um, Warren Wood. And I feel that since then, our away performances have been similar to the home performances. Not, you know, we've lost, we've dropped, had a couple of draws, okay. 
but it's been solid. And if you look yeah. at Tinnicliffe, he's played 14 games, I think, now. And we haven't lost yet. Well, Two draws. I, I was, I was going to say, to be honest, I think <clears throat> the away form speech or away performances is a bit of a myth. I think so. I think, you know, look at the teams we've beat. We've beat Woking away this yeah. season. We've drew to South End as well. You know, mm. that, that looks pretty good on paper now, yeah. doesn't it? When people are having a panic about that early mm. on in the season. The teams we have lost to is Notts County and Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Two of the best of sides in the league. And at that time when we played Chesterfield, we were a bit more disjointed, weren't we? We yeah. weren't quite at it yet. And when we played mm. Notts County on other days, I think we could have gone and won that if we'd taken certain... Yeah. Opportunities. Well, well those were two games before we settled on the, the team settled, should yeah. you say, um, which often is the case in promotion seasons. Uh, and we went at them with our old approach to away games where we maybe overcommitted a bit too much and we're getting caught out. And that's certainly what happened at Chesterfield, where I thought we started really well, but they took risks that came off and with a high defensive line and then they punished us. And we couldn't get through them. And then, like I said, the Notts County game was just like toe-to-toe slugfest. Yeah. And they took one chance and missed a lot. And we missed a lot of chances. That could have been 5 all, yeah. could have been 4-1 to us, yeah. could have been 4-1. It was just one of those games, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, I, my sort of opinion on on um, the, the, the way results have gone and are going to go is that people get really het up about losing to the likes of Notts County or Chesterfield, but... It's points on the board. If we only yeah. lose four games this season mm-hmm. and it's the two against both of those two teams, we'll go up as champions. It doesn't matter that we've lost yeah. to we've lost mm-hmm. to those teams. It's still only four losses. Yeah. If you if you were to look at it like that. And, so uh, And we've beat the likes of Dawkins, was it six nil? Five. Five nil, yeah, yeah five yeah. nil. And they were home. up top five then. Yeah, exactly. And you look at the Wheelson game, yeah, it was frustrating. It wasn't our best performance, but Wheelson are all right side. They were in the yeah. top 10. Yeah. They were never going to score past us. Yeah. Yeovil, that day, it was me, me and Bill went. It was hard enough <laughs> just to stand in the stands, never mind play football. Yeah, yeah. That was one of those freakish football <coughs> games. So yeah. I, I actually think Waveform is pretty good. The performances aren't the same to the same standard as at home because, you know, at home we've got the crazy 10,000 a week, you know, mad atmospheres. You can't replicate that away. But I actually think... We're doing all right, home and away. And if we do, if people say we do actually sort out this away form, whatever that means, and we start playing like we do at home away, then we are actually going to roll the season, oh, this yeah. season over. Exactly. So. I mean, we've equaled the club record now. First 15 home games of the season, won them all. And there's, it's not just the performances and the atmosphere. There's this sort of tangible sense that the players are at home. I know that sounds stupid, but a real sense of, this this is it. This is where we play. Yeah. This is where we perform. We, you know, they know, they have confidence in what they're about to do. Uh, it's a brilliance. Yeah, they go behind, they don't panic. But we've, mm. Yeah, we've been bulldozer in teams yeah. at home and something else is going to be bulldozed very mm. soon. And my, my old other point really, like I was saying yeah. before about getting promoted, is that teams don't tend to gel immediately at the start of a season. So you've got the 77-78 season, yeah. or the first four or five games, when you've got like a couple of draws out of them. Um, the 92-3 promotion season, we were mediocre at best for the first third of yeah. it, and then got battered 6-1 at Crewe. But we brought, and then because of that, we brought Mike Lake on loan from Sheffield United. He was the catalyst, and we settled into this 4-4-2 that really worked. And then the Dennis Smith promotion season, yeah. we lost 5-1 at home to Rochdale at the start of that. Yeah. And we, we didn't really fully click 
until Scott Green came in, I thought, in midfield. So, you know, these things happened. Last season, we were phenomenal from January. You know, once McFadden and Palmer came in, they felt like the final part of the jigsaw. So we've, we've, got got, we've already clicked it. Yeah, we've improved <laughs> on it already. Look at me, was it 53 points in 26, from 23 games, isn't it? Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, like, isn't it? It's all right, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, all right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've been... We have been bulldozing teams, and something else that's going to be bulldozed very sadly soon is the cop. So after this, we're going to talk about the car. Oh, that man. Uh, is it that one? Yeah. Are we doing the, uh, the stories? Or no? We're live. And you're listening Just to the producer. Radio show. <laughs> very disjointed, isn't it? There we go. Is the bump on? Nobody, nobody, nobody knows what's happening. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. The cop. Superb. Mm. Um, as we noticed, a few of the ceiling tiles at the back of the cop. Yeah. Um, Hang on a second. Fall so apart a bit like the tiles. Really? What, what, would you, what, what else would you call it? The roof, yeah. Stop, yeah, the roof. The roof that's that's it, what I'm going. Yeah. The roof. roof panel. Yeah, the roof, pa- <laughs> the roof panels. <laughs> ceiling tiles, why did they say that? The roof panels have been taken out. And we were both saying, oh, that was quite sad yesterday, weren't we? It's a weird feeling, isn't it? You, yeah. When I saw that, like, it's just like the strip at the very top of the back wall is missing. It's not, it looks like it's about a metre, doesn't it, if that? But it just... It just brings home, that's going to be gone probably this time next month. And it just feels strange. Every, uh, I'm ancient. I know I look young, but I'm ancient. But, oh, every time, you know, every time I've been to a Wrexham game, that's been there. And it won't be. And it does feel a little bit weird. It's sad. I'm glad no one's ever used it for a while, because the more I look at it, you know, like we get to go to the game, we get to get to the stadium quite a, a lot earlier than anyone else. The more I look at it, the more I realise how structurally unsound it was because <laughs> it's sort of like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll get onto it in a minute when we talk about memories of the Boston game, obviously ruined that stand. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it's quite sad, but it's more exciting, I think. You know, we're going we're gonna to have a nice new stand there and we're going to have a four-standard race course which we haven't had for years and years yeah I think that that for me is it would be sadder if the cop was still in use and it was it was being bulldozed and we knew that was the end of it and we were going to a three-sided ground we've had over 10 years of it being disused it's more excitement that finally all these people who can't get tickets are going to eventually be able to get tickets and we're going to have a nice lovely (laughs) huge stand on that side I can't wait for it but I mean, for me, the, the cop was where I started going to watch Wrexham yeah. games. Um, my first game was a, I think it was a Liverpool friendly that was on the cop, 94, that sort of era. Was that, does that sound about right, Mark? Uh, pre-season oh, friendly um, against Liverpool? There was a post-season, Joey Jones testimonial. Could, could have been could that. Have been that yeah, yeah. I was only about three or four, so I can't remember yeah. it very clearly, but that was possibly the first, I think it was the first game I went to. And our Auntie Anna used to take us on the cop. I remember going to watch the, the Middlesbrough game and... You know, I've talked before about how I didn't go to games regularly until a bit later in my life, but I did always go, and whenever we went, it was the cop. I got a lot of memories for for, for their good memories as well, and a lot of bad ones. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, the, the cop was special, wasn't it? I remember as a little kid, he'd be sitting on the barriers, and at half time, all the other kids would, who were in that stand would run to the front. And pretend to play football with like Lucas A bottles and yeah. things like that, yeah. and you'd just be passing this bottle with this mm. randomer. You know, it was, it was, it, the cop. I think because he was standing, 
I don't know, in, in a weird way, it fe- you felt more together. Mm. For me, when you go into watch football, I think when you stand, there's something a bit more passionate about it, isn't there? Yeah, I remember that this weird. And I graduated to the cop from the old wooden bold road stand, going to watch it with my mates. Um, the tough lads would be in the middle at the back, and we were to the right at the back. We were the soft lads, and um, we, it was like it was just the eighties. Our attendances were terrible, and the cop was so empty. So you know, you have a lovely little stroll around if you wanted to. It was quite strange, but it's still, you know, it feels like yours because you're there every fortnight. I remember once going down very central, bang in the middle of the cop, and it just felt, I was like, wow, it just feels like I'm in a different stadium because I'm so used to being up in the top yeah, corner. Yeah. And Jim Steele, my, my hero player as a kid, um, scored a typical heroic Jim Steele header where he'd go up like Aaron Hayes and just just bang a, a cross in and it was just seeing it close up like that it just felt brilliant I always remember as well um, the games where the cop was packed which were often Wales games and they'd brought me arm when Wales played Czechoslovakia um, because we had the metal uh, supports you know the, the crush barriers and I, I was in university then I went to Liverpool and I learned crowded cop behaviour from going to the cop at Liverpool and there are definite codes of behaviour in a crowded cop to keep us, try and keep yourself safe. And, um, of course, none of the Wales fans knew this because the cop was never full at the race course. <laughs> and so I was standing by a crush barrier. Rex, um, Ian Rush scored. And the, the Wales fans just surged downwards. And unluckily, I carelessly had my arm behind the crush barrier. They took... My body went with the surge. My arm was caught behind the, the crush barrier. And I thought, oh, I genuinely could feel like Sort of like sinews pulling and thought this is not a good situation <laughs> and I managed to slide my arm out in time which was something of a relief but I used to, it was, I used to love I was, oh, my, my favourite memory of being on the cop by the way was Wrexham playing Wolves and Wolves dropped down to the fourth division for two years remarkably and equally remarkably we just kept hammering them it was amazing. We went to Molyneux and beat them 2-0 and 3-0. One of them was Steve Bowles' debut for Wolves. And we battered them at the race course. And it was a 4-2 win that I particularly remember. Because Wolves had a Welsh international goalkeeper, Mark Kendall, in goal. And it was a winter match. And it was freezing cold. And he had tracksuit bottoms on. And it warmed up as the game went on. And he decided he wanted to take his tracksuit bottoms off. He had shorts on underneath, don't worry. Um, but the problem was he was waiting for a... He was looking for a chance to take them off. So... Wolves would get a corner and then he'd scurry back to the goal line and quickly try to pull his pants down and all the cop are laughing. But then we'd clear the corner and he'd be panicking and pulling his pants back up again and then running up to the edge to get back in position and then he'd repeat that the next time. And then eventually he sort of got one leg off and then we cleared a corner and in his panic he got his studs caught in the net and fell over, and he was stuck with his foot tangled in the net with one leg of his pants off. And we were, under, we were just in hysterics, and shoot, shoot! It's the sort of thing you don't notice if you're not right behind it. So that's got to be my favourite memory. Yeah, An international goalkeeper being undressed in public. Yeah. I'll, give, I'll give you my least favourite memory oh. um, from the car. A couple, actually, but this one always sticks in my head was Xavi Valero's mistake against Tranmere, where it rolled straight underneath his legs. And it was what the first time I've ever been to a Wrexham game where the away stand, which is now where the tech end where mm. the Wrexham fans are, where both they failed to both the top and the bottom. 
of the stands and Tramia fans are really rowdy and they beat us 5-0 yeah. that day, wasn't it? <laughs> I just remember it running through his legs and thinking, wow, what sort of goalkeeper have we got here? Uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> for some reason, when I think of the cop, I always think of that, which I don't think is a, a good thing, yeah. but I, maybe I got PTSD from it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, that I, always remember, I always remember that one. And then obviously, the Boston game, where I think that was the end of the cop, wasn't it? That was the la- yeah. last... Well, there was one other game, Aston Villa, wasn't there? They, yeah. they closed it down and then reopened it because Aston Villa were coming to yeah. town, um, like, Father, like Santa Claus, <laughs> and uh, nobody turned up anyway. So we went at the expense of opening up again. The yeah, card wasn't that great. I remember being on the cop, and I think it was a bit of a weird situation because didn't they? It wasn't quite last minute that they said the cop was open, yeah, and, yeah. and like people just weren't aware, and they'd just gone got yeah. tickets for the other stands. But I remember um, there was a Birmingham City fan stood right in the middle of the cop with his Birmingham City top on. And when Villa went 3-0 up because they won that game 5-0, mm-hmm. he just walked off with his tail between <laughs> yeah. his legs. Yeah, 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 fair yeah. enough, mate. Like, I, wonder... I know you probably come to see a... a, a, a a cup upset, but it didn't happen that day. I wonder if it was the bloke who I saw actually yesterday in the Solihull end with the Birmingham City coat on. Mm. What, what, the, the, there's a big connection between them yeah. two clubs, isn't there? I still say that turning up with the Birmingham City coat to watch Solihull. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be happy if I was a I'm Solihull not, fan. I'm not a fan of that, really, either. Yeah. No. Um, my, my favourite memory is probably a bad one in a weird way as well. Um, <laughs> We, you the, who's the optimist amongst us? <laughs> <laughs> just asking, you know? No, it just like it was probably wasn't so good at the time, but when you look back, it just sort of encapsulated everything about the cop as a stand. Um, it was quite empty. It was one of Dennis Smith's last games when we lost 3-1 to Accrington Stanley. Uh, Josh Johnson played and he had an absolutely awful game, bless him. And then all the all the fans in the cop were just like, you know, it was one of those sort of situations where as soon as a player touched the ball, everybody moaned. It was that bad. But it had been, it was, it was raining really badly, so everybody, the, the small amount of people that were on the cop moved to the back of the stand, which we always sort of stood at the front, didn't we? Just, just left of the goal, um, and Jacko, uh, rest in peace. You know, he, he cracked out all the old tunes singing about players that hadn't played for Wrexham for years and everyone just everyone just sang along and it was actually quite a good time because even though we were getting battered everyone was just singing about Joey Jones and you know whoever else the, the, the songs were about and I think I think we should talk about Jacko for a second because he was the king of the cop wasn't he and the atmosphere hasn't been the same even been the same since has it since no even, even when it's away. good it's still not the same is so it? so it's 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 sad that he's not going to be in the cop the new not being able to see the new cop built because he really would pick up the crowd when we were losing, yeah. you know, and we were losing to Stockport at home, and then he we he just started singing random songs. Everyone found him funny, and yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's important to understand that a football club is more than the results on the pitch, yeah. and and maybe that's why people sometimes complain that I can keep calm and we're doing badly. But I think it's because the overview is the football club's more than just the game. Yeah, it's, what, the, it's those fans who make the club. What, what it's my, that structure, sorry, the fabric, the ground, everything. Yeah, one of my, sorry, I kept interrupting there, but one of my favourite sayings is don't let the football ruin a day out at the football. There you go. <laughs> do you think, a bit off topic, I think this day and age people get a bit over dramatic about a loss and yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. Because you, can, oh, you, you don't escape it as soon as you go home, you go on Twitter or on your social media, and all you see is people complaining about the game and away mm, fans yeah. winding you up. You, you don't leave it as, you know, I remember when yeah. I was losing when I was a kid, you'd be like, Oh, you'd be naggy on the way home, but then you 
you'd forget about it once you put FIFA yeah. back on or watch whatever was on the telly, yeah. wouldn't you? I think well, now people get a bit too over the top of a little yeah. thing. I thought there were two beautiful illustrations of that on Match of the Day last night. One of them was the Tottenham game. This is more I was imagining this, but I, I dare say it happened. Tottenham going 2-0 down against Brentford and the Spurs fans probably were all on social media saying, Conte is the devil, he must be removed from the club. And then by the time it got back to 2 all, the problem was saying, Conte's a winner. Look at a hard mentality, we always fight back. And then the other thing, Arsene Wenger, having the whole stadium at Arsenal uh, singing his name, thinking you weren't doing that for the last five years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's another thing, I think, this day and age as well. Yeah, you got things like talk sport and stuff who love, you know, and other media outlets who love just riling attention and saying things that are going to get people angry. And I think this day and age, People should just, if, if the football's stressing you out, just ignore it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is bad, that, isn't it? I quite right, the whole, the whole talk swap model of we're going to talk about something so one person will argue something that they know full well is wrong purely to upset people. Um, so you need to listen to more professional and balanced organisations like Calon FM, a proper radio station <laughs> with proper people. <laughs> Thank Good you very much. That, Mark. Thank you very much. Four more years. Four more years. <laughs> the, um, <clears throat> and having sat next to one of Talksport's most prominent uh, reporters, shall we say, for Wrexham's FA Cup games this season, I'd, I'd happily double down on this because, my goodness, he was the, one of the most irritating press box <laughs> presences <laughs> I've ever, ever, ever come across. To the extent I had to tell him to stop stealing team sheets and pass them on to the BBC people that they was, he was supposed to pass it on to. That's just one of the things that happened. Oh, I, I had to explain three times where the plug was under the desk. Now, I think you'll both agree with me, having been in the press box, it's just a plug under a desk. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not a mythic quest, is it? It's not, you know, if you can answer these questions three, the troll will let you the plug power socket see. It's just a flaming wow. plug under, and I had to explain to him, and he go, it's not. I was like, well, it is. <laughs> and he was also getting paid for being yeah. there as well. well. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, oh, he's, he's a well-known bloke. I won't mention his name. No, I won't mention his name. I normally yeah. had to say yeah. that and then yeah. mention his name, but I won't, you know. I'm desperate to, but I won't. Maybe off it. And then at the end of the Oldham game, when um, he told me that Wrexham's priority is the league, because obviously he's at every Wrexham game, and like me, he was a fair-weather fair supporter. Oh, and so I said to him, ironically, oh, no, 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 we, we'll win the FA Cup as well. <laughs> and he and his uh, co-commentator took me totally seriously and were trying to explain to me, no, no, you won't win the FA Cup. Obviously thinking I'm some country bumpkin who thinks because Rob and Ryan are in charge, we must be the best oh, team no. in Europe now. So, you know, naturally I doubled down, didn't I? And just kept <laughs> saying, no, 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 I'm sure we will. I think we'll be we'll beat Sissy. We get get Sissy away, get them out of the way first. And I just kept going on and on. And they were, you know, sort of just kept arguing. Well, were, just, were you being sarcastic or was... Or were I was you definitely being sarcastic. I don't really think we're going to win the FA Cup. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I, semi-finals no, are best. You, no, were you being, no, were you being obviously sarcastic? No, or? but you have to be. I mean... Yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to argue that, you know, they must have thought I was... Oh, a, I, bet, I, bet they were, I bet they were trying to, like, secretly record you so they could put you on talk. That, to that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, listen, to what the, <laughs> listen to what Welsh people think. <laughs> <laughs> Were you not tempted to say that once we win the FA Cup and get a European place, we'll then win the Europa League the year after as well? I did, I'm sure I said something about the Champions League. You know? <laughs> I'm sure I did. I think that one was when I was tripling down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, well, that is something. Anyway, fit to finish on the cop, 
it's exciting that finally we're going to have a new stand. And looking at the plans on the videos that have, and the photos that have been released, mm-hmm. wow, it's going to be special, isn't it? It really is. I can see that banner on the back of it now. Disney's Mark Griffiths cop. <laughs> <laughs> the, Disney, the Disney Mark Griffiths cop stand. Yeah. It's, it's got a ring to it. It's not completely out of the realms of possibility that it could be sponsored by a company as big as Disney. That's how. That's how... <laughs> That's how mental it is yeah, at the race yeah. course at the minute. All linked to a figure as famous as me. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. Your contacts, Mark, get on the, get on the blower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, after this, we're going to talk about a Mark Griffith story. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragon Hearts. Well, as you are now a minor celebrity... Minor. Only, only, you know, my granddad was a minor, but <laughs> only in that respect. You have a cracking story to tell us, don't you? It's, it's, I'd just like to, just for a moment, everybody, share with you this beautiful bedtime story. Wow, that was a great sign. Uncle Griff's Bedtime Stories. So, and this is a warning to all of you out there who, you know, become insanely famous. So I went to the club shop before the game on Wednesday night to pick up a calendar um, for my lad's bed. And as walking past, you got all the old scrap hunters and selfie people waiting for the players. And one of them turned round and she recognised me from the telly, I don't know, or maybe from my <laughs> successful, uh, you know, secondary career as a YouTuber. Or, you know, I don't possibly from the, that selfie that um, Ellen DeGeneres took at the Oscars, <laughs> one of those. And she turned around and she was, she was very excited to see me. And she said, oh, it's brilliant. And she, was, she, she said lovely things to me. It was very nice. She asked me if she could have a selfie. And I said, my gosh, of course. I, I, I like, you know, I will it's never forget fact. the people that I'm leaving behind. <laughs> so, we, we, you know, took a picture. <laughs> um, she, she said to her son, who was waiting for Rob Linton or somebody's autograph, <laughs> She said, look, look who it is. We listen to him all the time, don't we? And he gave the correct response. He turned around, looked me up and down, went, yeah, and then looked back. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she then asked me to marry her. Oh. So I, I explained that, you know, I'm, I'm spoken for. Um, but, but obviously, you know, left it slightly open-ended. I mean, you know, and then left. But she firstly tweeted, retweeted, she tweeted the picture of us. And said, I met this gorgeous man. And I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, she's got good judgment. I like this. And then she, <laughs> she then retweeted it with marry me written on it. And I thought, okay, she's quite serious about it. So I was just, you know, just doing a commentary. And then my wife made a comment on a separate thing. On, it was on the Ask Wrexham thread on a separate thing. Now, my wife never listens to the commentaries. She hears enough of me at home. And she, you're supposed to laugh then, but we're both saying that again. Yeah, she does. And, and she also um, never goes on social media, like once every six months. And she commented on the fact that I'd had my first Bovril of the season, which is a totally different story altogether, but equally thrilling. Um, and I thought, oh, she's probably seen the, the proposal. So I made a big thing about it, talked about it, and then I went home and I raised it. What a mistake that was. So, um, Samantha Parry, thank you for taking that picture with me and proposing, but I, I warn you that my wife, A, is not happy about it. 
and you know, just to say, <laughs> I'm not joking. She's not happy about it. Um, <laughs> so, and, and and bad things happen to people that she's not happy with. I mean, they tend to last less time than a budget promise from Crazy Quarteng. So. <laughs> So just be careful out there. Be careful out there. She, her first comment was, she's young, isn't she? And I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh, I've led her into trouble here. She has come up with a counteroffer, um, which she's told me I have to mention now, which is that if, if I'm allowed to have other people proposing to me, she would like to propose to Rob McElhenney. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I see a logic. To be fair, my girlfriend Laura's asked that as well. She could propose. Would you want? Should we? If Rob is listening, you know, and let's be honest, there's two proposals for you, Rob. Okay. Um, it'll, I, I it'll, mean, I might, I might propose to Rob myself just to make it. A, a, there you go, hat trick. <laughs> nice Rob. So it'll it'll get us out of a lot of trouble, and, and for your partner, it'll okay. be a great relief. Yeah, I probably. Suspect. Yeah, so absolutely. So yeah, I, I just I just felt that I needed to share this with you all, and essentially announced as I'm completely open to bigamy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Honestly, <laughs> size bigamy at Christmas. What am I to do? <laughs> Spend it with the family. I can't. I've got to. Oh, Tony Farino, everybody. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And that was my bedtime story. I, I don't know what to say. After this, we're going to be talking about hours, <laughs> <laughs> Chesterfields, and Notts County's upcoming games. You're. I'm Riesel Johnson, and you're listening to the Dragon Heart Radio Show. <laughs> well, <laughs> after that bombshell. <laughs> uh, well, well, thanks for noticing. Um, <laughs> Mark, you've done a, oh, a breakdown of ours, Notts Counties, and Chesterfield's games, and you know, who we're going to play away and home. And it proves that we're going to win the league. So, you know. Sorry, everyone. Right. This well, okay. alert. I, I don't want to get the too ahead of ourselves because you were like this last season oh, and Stockport won yeah, the league. Uh, yeah, but that was... there's a lot of football to be played. Yeah, a lot yeah. of things can happen. Fair point. But let me fight your correctness with logic. Right? <laughs> we have got nine games left against the rest of the top ten. Right. Right. Five of those are at home. Okay. Four of them are away. And the away one, no, three, yeah, four. The away ones against teams at the bottom end of the top four, five, ten. So all the strong teams who are our challengers are having to play us at the race course, yeah? Five at home, four away. Chesterfield has still got to come to us, Notts County has still got to come to us. Yeah. Contrast that with Notts County, they also have nine games left against the top ten. Four of them at home, Five away, that sounds similar, except their home games tend to be against the teams at the bottom end of the top ten. They've still got to go away to Chesterfield. They've still got to go away to Bromley, yeah, to Wrexham. They've got tougher games coming up. And then, I'm not convinced Chesterfield are really in contention for the title. I don't see them finishing above both us and Notts County, personally. But I, I, that was just my feeling before looking at this. And when I've realised they're running... 
They've got 10 games left against teams left in the top 10, so they've got one game more against stronger sides. One of them is at home, Wheelston. All the others are away. And in fact, in January, if I can just go through their January fixtures, right? They finish off their Scunthorpe doubleheader. Nice. Then they're away to Wheelston, who are in the top five. Then they're away to us. Then they're at home to Chester, to Notts County. They have Altrincham and then away to Barnet. That's their January. Good, if they can stay in contention after January, well done. But nine away games against teams up at the top of the table. That's a tough second half of the season. Our second half of the season is far nicer, especially, as you said, Jay, that we are on fire at home at the moment. Yeah, well... Mm. It's, it's really inter- <laughs> that is really interesting. So Chesterfield have to go to Notts County as well, do they? At some point. Sorry, I beg your pardon. They, they, have, they have two home games. I was wrong. They've right. got Wheels and home and Notts County at home, but they've got one extra game against teams in the top 10 and the other eight are all away. Wow. Including wow. against us. We've got, you know, so like I said, we've got all the good teams at home. The other two have pretty much got all the good teams away. Well, I think the Jan- January transfer window is going to tell a hell of a lot, I think, about how... To see if Notts County can sustain what they're going through, yeah. well, how they're playing right now, because they have Langstaff, they have Ruben Rodriguez, they have some quality players, but their financial situation, let's say, I don't want to say too much because I don't know it in depth, is not as secure as ours. So we can, we can still spend and we can still retain all the players we want to. And if someone does want to come in and spend on one of our players, they're going to have to put their money, they're going to have to put their hands in their pockets, aren't they? Mm. So, do, do you see them gambling and not selling any of their top players, though, and going for it? It's a big gamble, though, isn't it? It, 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 it is, but if it pays off for them... It, I mean, you could argue they've already taken that gamble at the start of the season, because clearly they've committed to a big, big playing budget to try and compete with us. Yeah. Um, whether, but like you say, <laughs> the reality of it, the financial reality of a half every season might make them change their minds a little bit. I'd be inclined to try and double down on that, and I'd be inclined to be working very hard with Langstaff, who's been scoring a hell of a lot of goals, to say, stay, please, just stay till the summer. We will let you go in the summer, but please help us to get up. But, you know, the bloke's not young. He's never been at this level before. Suddenly he's getting championship teams sniffing around him. It's difficult for a team in the fifth he division to say yeah. toys out the pram. Exactly. And yeah. Think, oh, if you're not yeah. going to give me this opportunity now, then yeah, yeah, yeah. it might yeah. actually create some unrest. So it could be a he win-win f- situation for Rex. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got shades of our 98-point season, but reverse, isn't it? Where yeah. we're the, the stable financial team like Fleetwood were, and they're the less financially stable like we were at that mm. point, and we had to sell Obeng. Um, mm. And Lee Fowler threw his toys out the pram to go to Fleetwood, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting as well. And just think about Langstaff. He, he would have every right, I think, if Notts County said please stay, to point out what happened to Kabongo Shamanga last season. Yeah, uh, where uh, the huge clubs buzzing around looking at him. He got a terrible leg break against Weymouth and was out until the start of this season. He's only scored six this season. He's not got his rhythm going properly and those big teams coming in for him seem to have disappeared. You know, it's a once in a lifetime. At least Shamanga's younger and has a chance to rebuild, but Langstaff is older than him and mm-hmm. would probably think this is, it's like morale, isn't it? Uh, uh, when he left us, you know, it's like, I'm getting a once in a lifetime offer. Well, for, for example, say if a Premier League or a highly, high championship team went in for Mullin, 
Mm. It'd be hard for, for us to say no to that as well, wouldn't it? Not as hard as it would be for Notts County, because yeah. we've got money. He's just signed a, a contact extension, yeah. and he loves it with us, so you suspect... Oh, no, I, no, I agree, but still, on the flip side, if people are, if championship clubs are coming in for your National League players, it's, yeah, yeah. it's hard to say sure. no, isn't it, to, to these players, but especially for them, not for us, because yeah. we, we've got... Oh, yeah, yeah, we're biased, aren't we? But, yeah. mm. but having said that, he's got a situation where the fans love him, he loves them, he's part of a big project, he's on my documentary, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and therefore, you know, I mean, he's, he's adored here and he's got so many things going for him that, that rarely happen to, to players outside the Premier League. So there's a lot of things holding him here, and also importantly, because we have money, we have no obligation to sell whatsoever, and we are perfectly entitled to say, okay, well, if you want to come in for him, we're going to ask for silly money, and you're going to have to give it us because we don't have to sell him. So uh, you know, I, I think that's very much in our favour. I would say. So quickly on January, um, it's going to be big on and off the pitch for all the top sides mm. in the National League. Is there any positions quickly that you would? Like to strengthen it. I know we've got a really strong squad, but is there a certain position? Uh, backup for for striker position. That's about the only thing that I really want us to go for. I concur. What what kind kind of striker would you like to sign? Someone who's young or someone as, as someone as close to Mullin as you can get without having to sign someone who won't be happy to sit on the bench. I know that's really difficult, but do you, someone who's a bit maybe a bit pace or on the flip side, someone who's really pacey who can come in and give Schmanger us something different. Or then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, right well I noticed, I'm sure you said, tell me Quigley twice too, Bill, so you'd have to have Quigley, yeah? No, Quigley, <laughs> Quigley, yeah. <laughs> you you two to choose one. <laughs> do, you, do you agree with Bill? Um, 100%, maybe, yeah. yeah. I don't see any real weaknesses in the squad. But although Dolby has done well, I like him. Um, yeah. He's a target man, isn't he? He's not the yeah, Mullin yeah. type, is he? If, if, yeah. if Mullin was to get injured or whatever. Dalby's young as well, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. But at the start of the season, Lee looked like he was maybe the player who would be used up front if Mullen wasn't playing, but Lee now is an integral part of our midfield instead. So it makes sense maybe that we bring in somebody. But it is difficult, isn't it? How do you bring in someone with a quality to contribute who is happy to not be starting? That's the, that's mm. the problem. Or maybe yeah, pushes enough to start. There's going to be injuries, isn't there, this season? Yeah, yeah. I think you have to go like either young or old, don't you? Someone who's a bit of an old head who can come in and is quite happy to sit on the bench because they're coming towards the end of their career and it's a bit of a payday maybe for them at the end. Or you've got someone who's really young who is just happy to not have to play too much and, and under the promise that as we go up the leagues they get a chance then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gakpo looks like he's going to loop on yeah, that. Well, missed out on end, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah. He didn't want his missus proposing to you, Mark. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we round off this podcast now with, you know, January 2nd, we've got another tough away day in Solly Hall. Me and Bill are going to be there. We've got tickets and ex- my favourite Christmas present. Um, <laughs> thank you, Bill. It's a, it's a ticket to Solly Hall. You'll be able to. <laughs> you'll, you'll, Is that a euphemism? <laughs> but, well, I'm going to be sent to Coventry this day afterwards. <laughs> but if you're not fortunate enough, there will be it to go. There will be Mark Griffiths' fantastic commentary oh. that you can um, feast your ears to. You're making me blush now. It's, it's, it's chocolate to the ears, the Mark Griffiths. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my Christmas commentary. <laughs> this has been a bit Beans of a wild. for the soul. <laughs> this has been a bit of a wild podcast, but thank you very much. Check everything the media team are doing. This has been Dragon Hearts. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Vose and uh, this is Dragon Heart.